Welcome back to the Lift for Life podcast. I'm here with G Dog. Graham, how are we today? I'm good. We've just been having an interesting discussion. Interesting discussion about the topic of this conversation today. And we're not sure how to pronounce it. The thing is that Angus and I, as we've discovered from the previous two podcasts, have a debate about our accents or the fact that we both grew up very, very close to each other. and Within yet, 10 minutes. Within 10 minutes, although different decades. Yeah, and obviously. <laughs> and Angus... I, I don't think I look that old. And act careful. <laughs> and Angus has managed to completely neutralize his accent and sound like a southerner. Whereas I haven't completely succeeded. And there are some examples, and I was discussing this with my speech coach the other day, but he said, BG dog, you do not need to get rid of your at and oh. Fair enough. So we are doing a podcast today on Booper, which I've heard it called Buper before, I think. So we'll call it Booper for Graham's sake, though, so he doesn't get confused. Uh, Graham, why is it that every year, even though you see awesome progress from following specific training to yourself, programming that is elite, and you're seeing incredible progress, obviously, physically, why is it that you decide to Booper test? I guess I'm a bit of a data junkie. My job obviously involves constant analysis of data. And even outside of work, I'm just a bit of a data junkie. I like to see numbers. I like to see trends. And to be honest, also, now it's paid for by my office every year to do this. I guess they just don't want all their employees to die early. So that's one aspect of it. But years ago, I've been doing this for 15 years now, I think. Years ago, it wasn't paid for, and I volunteered to pay for it myself. And it's basically a detailed analysis of my body, my blood, my risk of getting various diseases, cancers, my cardiovascular fitness and health. And I like the fact that it measures me over time, so I get to see charts on 15 years of G-Dog. So in terms of the tests and the examinations that are carried out, you were talking about the results for your body. Could you expand on that first point? Yeah. So what kind of things are you expecting to see? So what happens is you fill in a form a month or so before going there about your lifestyle, your alcohol consumption, your exercise activities, your job, your sleep, your mental state, series of questions which try to measure how mentally stable you are and then you take along your shorts most people take along their t-shirts i take along my vest and your trainers and then you start off by having a blood test an ecg test uh your bmi measured your height taken your height to waist ratio your weight your blood pressure and they give you a load of results at the end of the test regarding that, so what your cholesterol is, what your risk of diabetes is, whether you've got too high or too low blood pressure, your basal metabolic rate, which is quite interesting, and your insomnia severity index. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Are you pretty good with that? I'm pretty good with that. I just don't sleep enough. <laughs> it's not that I've got insomnia. In fact, it's, it said my insomnia severity index is 
no insomnia. Uh, so it's clearly it's not a so problem. So you can sleep, you just don't sleep enough. Yeah, but they say, obviously, you, you don't sleep enough. And that's, you know, I didn't need a doctor to tell me that. Angus tells me that every day. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then also your alcohol. So I am apparently at low risk because I consume maximum of 14 units of alcohol per week. It's basically only drink on Friday and Saturday nights. Except for when we have dinners, yeah. I think 14 units of that. The last Lift for Life Christmas dinner might have been a little bit more than that. Yeah, I think the whole issue of espresso martinis on the Lift for Life dinner. Yeah, I find that so interesting how, guys, when you're out for, for drinks and someone offers to get around, just because it's their turn to get around, you'll often request what drink you want. So we were having cocktails post-dinner and I was like, do you know what I could do with a little bit of a, a push? I'll have a espresso martini. And Graham goes, I'll have one too. He then consumes the espresso martini and then decides to tell me, oh, the last time I had espresso martinis, I was really ill. Why didn't you tell me this before? It's really stupid. Uh, but it's just peer pressure. Angus just forces me to do these things. <laughs> hey, it's good to have that mentality that you think everything I say is good at it. So, you... <laughs> So, so obviously, there's a lot of pros in getting this all this analysis, but why why does it matter? So, other than data, you obviously why why for you is it? Look, I think a- I think we discuss so many times that life is about reducing the peripheral risks and creating the space for maximum growth. <laughs> What's that? The speech course. But this is a, yet another example of reducing the peripheral risks by knowing what's going on in your body, right? So, you know, as a result of doing this test every year, I realized my cholesterol was very high, right? And I tried every year to reduce my cholesterol by changing my diet, doing more exercise, but it never went down. Every single year, my cholesterol in total was 6.6, which is a very bad number. And my HDL cholesterol which is supposed to be more than one, was very close to one. My bad LDL cholesterol was too high. And so, therefore, I ultimately ended up taking these statins, and that's brought them all down. And if I hadn't done that, who would have known? I may have had a heart attack, could have had thinning of my arteries, furring up of my arteries, et cetera, et cetera, and it was all discovered by the Buber test. So that, that is one example of it. They also talk about diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. Could you tell us about this one time that you thought you might be having a heart attack? <laughs> this was bad. Um, so, but the, this is amazing. So because the Booper test warned me that I had high cholesterol, it was in my mind that there was a risk I might have a heart attack. So one day I was at the office and I felt palpitations and admittedly i'd had a few espressos but the palpitations seemed to last quite a while so i went down to the medical center of the office and i said i think i might be having a heart attack (laughs) and the medical center of course instantly goes into defcon 5 uh, even if they think you're not having a heart attack the fact that you said you might be having a heart attack causes a lot of insurance related issues so they gave me an instant ECG in the office, and it was true that my heart rate was elevated as a result of the espresso. 
Probably the same thing happened with the espresso martinis. That yeah, that, that might have been the same and, thing. And, and so I, I was rushed. They said, shall we call an ambulance? And I, I, I said, I, I, can, I can get a cab. It's fine. And they said, well, call an ambulance if necessary. I said, I'll, I'll deal with it. It's London Bridge Hospital. It's across the bridge. So I got a taxi to London Bridge Hospital and I saw a major, major cardiologist <laughs> who looked through the documents and clearly decided it was fine to keep me waiting for a couple of hours. <laughs> and when he saw me, he almost visibly sighed as I walked in and and asked me what exactly the problem was. And I explained what had happened. And yeah, he basically kept me in for lots and lots of tests, I think, as punishment. But it was actually too many espressos. So booper test doesn't cover for you just being a bit of a moron? No, no, it doesn't. Uh, however, anyway, on, on the more interesting aspect of the booper test, so, so they end up doing your height-to-waist uh, measurements and I am apparently desirable quite good well we know that exactly Um, it also says that I remain overweight stroke obese so on the borderline was obese but now I'm overweight stroke obese so my my weight has gone up from pre-angus it said the last one I looked at was 2019 I was 86 kilos not 83 and as of last week I was 92 kilos so I've gained 6 kilos of muscle as a result of angus quite good you put go into the butchers and say you can have six kilos of fillet steak but also you've got it from a muscle perspective if you actually put fat and muscle next to each other i don't know if anyone listening to this has seen lots of fitness influencers doing kind of here's one pound of fat here's one pound of muscle like six kg of muscle is a lot and obviously we can well i can see it right now the <laughs> bulging biceps on that lululemon t-shirt graham so that's one aspect of it. The other thing that's interesting is that my basal metabolic rate pre-Angus was 1,900 approximately. And my basal metabolic rate now is 2000, just under 2,200. So as a result of having that greater muscle mass, my resting level of calorie consumption has risen. So that's exactly what we're always talking about. And here I've got data on G-Dog's own body that my basal metabolic rate has risen as a result of all of the muscle that Angus has given me. And then in addition to that, they do something called a MET ratio or something. And it's basically how many calories you should be consuming on a daily basis, given your exercise regime. Pre-Angus, even though my basal metabolic rate was about 2,000, was sort of about 1,900, I should have been consuming about 2,800 calories a day. Now, as my basal metabolic rate has risen to about 2,200, I should be consuming about 3,700 calories a day because I'm going to the gym, weight training five days a week and doing cardio on Saturday and Sunday. So again, it's data to underscore how my body has changed, which I like to see. It sort of reaffirms that everything I've done has been quite cool and I've got data to show it. Then after that, to this hilarious strength test. And as you can imagine... Is that the grip strength? I take this with a pinch of salt, yeah. Yeah, because your grip strength is probably quite weak, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grip strength apparently is 92, whatever that means. The lowest it's been over the past decade is 80. So it's definitely improved. It's the highest it's been. 92, but I don't know what 92 means. But I asked if I could change the strength test to a barbell back squat, but they didn't have that in the booper <laughs> surgery. Did you actually ask that? Yeah. <laughs> And so they checked me out and so on. 
And so that was that. Then they did some tests of my range of movement. Yeah. So I had to do neck tests, hand tests, torso tests, and I, they had to check if I could balance when I did a body weight squat. I'm going to really disappoint you here. So Angus, Angus has been Googling. Yeah, I've been on Google. It's very Joe Rogan. I says, get it up on the screen, Angus. But I just had to check where where Graham's age bracket. So Careful, careful. <laughs> this is a secret. So less than 72.5 is considered weak. Grip, strong. It's on grip strength. Strong is 111.8 and above. Oh, no. Normal is 72.5 to 111.8 so you so are in the middle of normal you are normal it's terrible like you are way off strong you are 20 points off strong so we have to like cancel all of our training so and basically just do grip strength we finally managed to humble you it has taken over 25 podcast episodes i think this is almost episode 30 to find out that you're not quite superhuman I'm just in the middle range of normal. You are a normal grip strength man. That's horrible. <laughs> I literally, I'm going to have to practice my grip every day. I know what's going to happen now. You're going to buy one of these Mufatez grip strength things and you're going to try to get it. You've got to get it over 111.8 to be strong. I'm going to have bulging fingers. Yeah. I'm going to look like Prince Charles, the king, uh, the king, right? Uh, maybe the king's been doing that. Maybe that's why he's got big fingers. He's been doing grip strength tests. That is phenomenal though. Unbelievable. How can I be normal? It's really depressing me. I'm going to like have nightmares now. I'm going to wake up at night screaming, I'm normal. Anyway, uh, let's. the next bit of the booper test is the what bike test. And I am apparently excellent in this. So I'm nervous you're going to get Google out again. But my, my VO2 max is in the 70th percentile. Obviously, I prefer it to be dramatically higher, but this is because maybe I'm not spending as much time doing cardio. My VO2 max is 41. Is that going to be bad on your Google test? And it's VO2 max actually is the same as it was pre-Angus. There's been no impact on Angus on my VO2 max. And my maximum heart rate is 172 beats a minute. My highest exercise intensity, which is the intensity I can sustain for one minute, is 311 watts. And my functional threshold, which is the number of watts I can sustain for an hour, is 222 watts. Angus, you're looking at your phone and looking very disappointed. What did you say your VO2 max was? 41. So, for your age bracket, oh. you are indeed just excellent. But you're still not superior category. So superior is better than excellent. Yeah, yeah. Super. So what's you, the highest? The highest superior. So you're the bottom of excellent. So forty-one to forty-five point three is excellent. So you're basically just above good, which is the <laughs> middle category. But you're still a way off superior. So we've we've definitely got some work to do there as well. And this is actually really valuable information to know and to sit down on a podcast. But yeah, you're you're flirting with normal, obviously, with a grip strength and good with the VO2. So if, if I was sitting around in one of the circles in a self help group like Alcoholics Anonymous and they said, Graham, describe yourself, I would say I'm good sort of and in, normal. In the middle of normal and just the lower part of excellent. Yeah. So you would actually define that as above average. 
just above average. Yeah. My God, that is definitely not a GWB. <laughs> just above average. Uh, anyway, so so that that was that. This is getting really depressing. Um, but the good thing is, um, apparently, there's also a much more intrusive part of the test, uh, which has resulted in me knowing that I, I currently don't have the risk of prostate cancer. So, so yeah, so that's basically what happens in a booba test. And uh, at the end of it, you come out feeling absolutely incredible until you do a podcast with Angus when you realize actually you're not so incredible at all. And also, I think you know you pass with flying covers every year. The dot goes, this is my favorite part of it. Every year, Graham, I'll do the Graham. Every year I go into the doctor and I do my booba test. And every year they say on the BMI scale, Graham, you're overweight, but obviously you don't look like you're overweight. <laughs> and they do Was say, that a good impression? And they do and they do say, My God, not only would I wish I was like you and your age, but I wish I was like you even now. These wow. thirty year old doctors. Wow. But we found out in this podcast, and what a way to find out in I think it's about episode thirty. The Graham is, in fact, not superior, not excellent. He's just above average. And on that note, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Lift for Life podcast with, I think, Jeep Puppy. <laughs> this is so bad. I know I'm going to live it down. Guys, thanks once again. I hope you enjoyed that episode. That actually was one of my most enjoyable episodes ever, funnily enough. And I'm sure it was for the listeners too. But guys, thanks so much once again. Please like, please share, please rate. And Graham, will you enjoy yourself today? No. Thank you so much. <laughs>